Today we talk bread, stones, fish, and snakes, and what these have in common with prayer. This is Michael Stevens. This is the Frequency Podcast. So we're getting into the next few verses here, Matthew 7, 7 through 11, and I'll just go ahead and read it and then jump in. It says, ask and I'll be, and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, before we jump in, just a little bit of, of background on me and the place of prayers. When I was in college and, um, you know, 18 to 20, I went back to college for the second time. The, the person that I roomed with and the friends that I ran with, we we were actually really committed to prayer. We weren't partiers. We didn't go out and drink and do all that stuff. We, we would actually get together and, and quote unquote, pray it up. And we would, you know, do the typical thing where you light candles and you get the guitars out. You know, this is, we're talking 20 years ago, but we would spend two, three, four hours sometimes uh, just in prayer and in worship and just reading stuff that stuck out to us and sharing revelation. It was just, it was what we did. Well, during that time, I read a book on prayer by somebody that I, I certainly respect in, in the body of Christ. But as a young person who was a little overzealous, there was one part in the book that I probably took and applied out of context or maybe a little too literally that he put down. And he had had this one section in the book on that when you prayed things a certain way that he, he explained it as you have basically a legally binding contract with God at that point, And that basically God has to do it. That was kind of the way it was put in the book. So there was a lot of things that I prayed for and I wouldn't actually, I wouldn't actually continue in the place of prayer for them. I would just, uh, I would pray it once and then I would, I would move on and, and be done with it. Um, at one level, I would say that certainly produced a level of faith in me that I could ask God once for something, but it certainly doesn't line up with the continuity of scripture or that just the, the consistency of scripture that the Lord encourages us to continue to come back to him. Um, in the place of prayer, which is really what Jesus is is getting at here. We're going to get at, we're going to get to in a minute. And so there was a lot of things that I would pray for and I would pray once and I would just kind of move on. And then, you know, I would basically go, well, it's on God now. And that's a really, that's not a great mindset. That's, that's kind of, as we'll see in a minute, that's not even the right relationship between a parent and child or even a, 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 a you know, two spouses, a bride and a groom. So first thing I want to point out from a cultural perspective is Jesus is doing something we we looked at a couple episodes uh, ago where he's he's taking a light and heavy. He's taking one thing uh, from one extreme and another from another extreme. So he's saying if A is this, then B must be that much better. And so he's using this on the second part of the passage. He goes, you know, if you if you ask for bread, will if you don't ask for bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will you give him a snake? So he lays out these two comparisons. Luke actually throws a third one in. We'll touch on in a minute. So he says, then if you are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So he draws these first two comparisons in order to establish uh, the last one. So moving forward, though, Jesus came from a nation that just loved prayer, that without question, Israel loved the place of prayer. We've touched on this before, but you know, they had, uh, when they woke up in the morning before their feet hit the floor, blessed Lord God, King of the universe, who has given me eyes to see blessed Lord God, King of the universe, who has given me feet to walk on. They would stay in the place of blessing God throughout the day. They believed that, um, a good Jew said at least a hundred blessings a day in the place of prayer. Uh, we also see that they had public prayer. Uh, they, they said the Shemani Ezra, they, they, they recited the, the Kaddish, all of these different things that they would, they would do on a daily basis. And they had public prayer nine, noon and three. So there was, they were a nation that was devoted and 
and loved prayer, the rabbis had some really wonderful things to say about prayer as well. Uh, God is near to his creatures as the ear is to the mouth. Human beings can hardly hear two people talking at once, but God, if all the world calls to him at one time, he hears their cry. They had all of these wonderful sayings about not only uh, uh, their relation to prayer, but God's enjoyment of the prayers of his people. So Jesus, as we've talked about, was brought up to, to love prayer. And so in this place, Jesus makes a very simple statement. He says, uh, like, for instance, there was a rabbi who said, is there, is there a man who ever hates his son? And Jesus makes this statement that no father ever refused the request of his son. And so God, the father will never refuse the request of his children. Now that's, that's a bit hard for a lot of us, because when we hear that, we think of prayers that we have, uh, that have gone unanswered. And, uh, you know, there, <laughs> there, there are certain prayers that I believe require more prayer. Certain things we ask for require more prayer than others. And, and Jesus certainly provokes us in this direction, which I'll get more to in a minute. But first Jesus, his, I want to say that his examples here that he picks are, are very carefully chosen. This is, this is more than just about, you know, will God, you know, give you one thing if you asked for another, this is, there's actually a little bit of, of mockery in here that, that, that Jesus is encouraging us will never take place, uh, with the father. So in Luke 11, he adds another one. He says, if, if a son asks for an egg, will the father give him a scorpion? And so what we're going to see as we look at these is each of these two things actually have a very close resemblance. First, the stones on the seashore where, where they were, they were exactly the shape and the color of little loaves. So in other words, if a son asks for bread, will his father mock him by offering him a stone that looks like bread, but it's impossible to eat. If he asks for a fish, is his father going to give him a serpent? Now the serpent mentioned here, most people believe is, is certainly an eel. And according to, to, to kosher law, the, according to the food laws, uh, eels could not be eaten because an eel was an unclean fish. Uh, Leviticus eleven twelve it says, Let the, um, everything in the waters that has not fins and scales is an abomination to you. They're essentially, they're, they're bottom dwellers. They, they, they collect, they collect what they, like a catfish, right? They, they eat the gross stuff off the bottom yet. I'm from the South. So we just love catfish regardless. You just fry that baby up. Um, but the, the regulation, it ruled out eel is an article of diet. So the point is if a son asks for fish, Will the father indeed give him a fish, but a fish which is forbidden to eat, which he's not allowed to eat, which is completely useless to them? So would a father mock his son's hunger? When it, when it came to an egg, will a father give him a scorpion? Now, scorpions are sneaky little things, right? Like I've, I've heard horror stories about people washing dishes and coming up through the drains and, and their hands. I've heard about them in bed sheets. I've had friends that lived in the desert or friends that lived out west. And just now I'm complete. I'm literally just got the what do they call it? The heebie-jeebies. I'm completely freaked out. Be checking my shoes for the next week. But so their, their stings are, 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 can be, you know, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. But what's interesting is when, when they're at rest and their, their claws and tails are folded in, uh, there, there is a particular type of scorpion over in that area that's pale. And so when it's folded up and wrapped up, it actually resembles an egg. So the point is, if a son asks for an egg, will the father mock him? by handing him a scorpion that's going to sting him. So it, the point that Jesus is making here, it's it's not only that God will never refuse our prayers, God won't mock our prayers. We, we tend to, you know, the, the, the more we grow in our Christian walk, we hear people pray certain things and we think to ourselves like, you know, 
uh, they're just a baby Christian. And I've, I've, I've been that arrogant before to hear somebody say that and, you know, wait till they hear me pray and how eloquent I am and the things that I ask for. And I'm like, as I've gotten older, I realize that there is an eloquent prayer has never moved God's heart, but a sincere prayer does every single time. I remember I was in a prayer meeting one time and this guy gets up and, and he prays this incredibly eloquent and theological prayer. And I know that guy, uh, and he has a good heart, but there comes to a there comes a point where we have to be careful when we're praying in a room of people that we are praying to the Lord and not praying for the room, and it's something that you know I'm I'm completely committed to that the, the more that I have personal prayer time in my own house and in my own life, the more that that personal prayer time in corporate settings remains personal in the midst of a corporate setting and not for other people. Um, in the room. And I lead our, our, I lead our prayer and ministry team here at New Tribe. I lead pre-service prayer. I lead Wednesday prayer nights. Like, so I pray publicly, but uh, I learned that one day that things struck my heart. May, may we never be a people who prays to a room rather than actually prays to the Lord. So the other thing is God won't mock our prayers. So now this, this ties into what I just mentioned, you know, no matter how simple or, or outlandish or, or, or new, I should say, our prayer is in our, our Christian life. God won't mock it. Now, the other thing is they understood this because the Greeks, they had their stories about gods who would answer men's prayers, but the prayers had this like kind of like bait and switch in it, right? So they would very legalistic about the way they would answer prayers. And there was like, there was this one particular story about uh, Aurora that the goddess of dawn and she fell in love with with uh, this other Greek god and he was he was super young or he was excuse me he was human he was he was super young and so she went to to Zeus and Zeus said hey I will give you any gift uh, that you want to choose for your your human lover this 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 human being that you've fallen in love with and so she she thought oh well I'm passionately in love with him so she asked Zeus will you let him live forever and Zeus goes sure but he was legalistic about it. He let him live forever, but the thing she forgot to ask, well, will you keep him young and let him live forever? Like keep him 20 forever or whatever age she fell in love with him at. And so what happened is he grew older and older and older and older, but he couldn't die. Like no matter what, he couldn't die. So the thing that she asked for became a curse. So Jesus, there's already this history inside their 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 uh, Greco-Roman culture and the gods that they worshiped. And so Jesus is making a point here, like God, God will never do that to you. Like he's going to answer the cry of your heart, not just the words of your mouth. I think that's something we need to really hone in on there. God will answer the cry of our spirit, not just the words of our mouth, though we do need to pray it. My point is, is not to be concerned with how you pray it, but just that you actually pray it. And the, the the lesson really is that God in answering the cry of our heart and not just what we pray in the words of our mouth, he's going to answer them in his way. Just like my, my children come to me, you know, my, my son or my, who has limited, very limited language right now, or my five or seven year olds, my five-year-old who won't stop talking. Oh my, my, that's my prayer. Like that's literally my prayer right now is just let her just be sweet and like read books and not talk for an hour. That would be amazing. And I, I'm, I know I'm going to miss that someday, but Oh man, that girl, like she, she had her own language for the longest time. She made up her own language. And then all of a sudden one day, all these English words started coming out and we just wanted her to go back to her old language because she talked a lot less anyway. So the reality is though, is, is God's going to answer them as a father would answer them for their children, not necessarily specifically how the children ask them like my, my kids asking for this outrageous, disgusting dessert in which they're talking about putting all this stuff on it. I'm going to answer the cry of their heart that they want something sweet, but I'm, I'm not going to give them a chocolate sundae with gummy worms and, 
and goldfish in it and crackers and chips and salsa all in one bowl. Like I'm not going to do that, but I am going to give them what they're asking for, which is something sweet. So, you know, and it's good that God actually doesn't answer our prayers immediately. Um, because sometimes the things that we're praying, it's not that they're wrong, but the things that we're praying for, if God were to answer and give them to us in that time frame, it would, our, our, our lack of maturity would have the ability to steward what the actual cry of our spirit is. And so sometimes our character needs to catch up to our calling. And so what God will do is uh, he will delay the answer to that prayer. Like he has an appointed time and day that he's going to answer that prayer, but he needs your character, your stewardship of the gifts he's given you to be able to sustain the cry of your spirit, which is connected to the calling on your life and to answer that thing. So uh, as we we wrap up here, that I, I want to make a point that the, the Greek here, uh, in the Greek, the language here isn't, I want to reiterate this, isn't just to ask once and move on. It, it denotes this continual place of asking, this continual place of seeking and knocking. So therefore, Jesus says, you know, go on asking, go keep seeking, keep knocking. And he's, he's commanding us. He's urging us. Listen, I know my father. I know his heart. I know how he hears prayer. I know how he listens to prayer. I know how he responds to prayer. So whatever you do, don't give up, be persistent in prayer and never ever be discouraged in prayer. When what you asking for, what you're asking for, you don't see answered immediately. And, and that really will test the sincerity, the sincerity of, of what we're praying for. Like, do we really want what we're asking for? Is it something that we feel like we want it so badly? We want to see God do this thing so greatly that we are willing to continually put ourselves in the place of prayer, continuing to berate the throne of God, continuing to press him as my five-year-old presses me or my two-year-old presses me or my seven-year-old presses me, continue to press God as a, as a child to their parent. And if, and if a child can wear a parent down and we're not, we don't have the fullness of the love and the compassion and the mercy of God, then how much more can we move God's heart with a sincere prayer? So I was going to share a wild story about this guy from Africa in prayer that I heard years ago, but we're already running up on time, but I will, I will bring it in. I will draw it back in in another episode. So be listening for that. Uh, thanks again for listening. This is Michael Stevens. This is the Frequency Podcast. Frequency Podcast.